0: Welcome, everyone, to KPMG's Asset Retirement Obligations podcast series. My name is Bailey Church and a partner leading our public sector accounting advisory services. We are thrilled to introduce this series, which is focused on the practical application of asset retirement obligations. And I'm uh, thrilled to be uh, joined today by Vanessa Green with the City of Campbell River in uh, British Columbia, Accountant Three, leading their asset retirement obligations project. Vanessa, welcome to the Aero podcast. Thanks, Bailey. Now, uh, just b- by way of some information here on the city of Campbell River, as I was doing some vacation planning myself, I realized you are the third largest city on Vancouver Island and renowned for internationally for your salmon fishing and your cultural treasures. Yes. Excellent. And an interesting history fact for those of you who are uh, interested in learning more on Campbell River you were discovered in 1792 by the Europeans and actually named after the ship surgeon.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that myself. So thank you for that.
0: This doubles as a tourism podcast as well.
1: <laughs> That's <sounds> great.
0: <laughs> so we met through the Government Financial Officers Association of British Columbia Asset Retirement Obligations Workshops, where we had you and about 150 of your local government and regional government peers walking through various aspects of asset retirement obligations from scoping to measurement and financial reporting and through there had some really good conversations on various aspects of the standard which you are working now to implement for your december 31st 2023 year end so where i thought we would start vanessa is Looking at your scoping, and I, I I know Campbell River has a very diverse asset base, a lot of different stakeholders, a, a lot of different things to consider. How did you all go about approaching the scoping process and involving all these different teams?
1: Very good question. We started out with engaging our various teams uh, through basically our finance manager discussed with them during the weekly management meeting, gave them an overview of this new standard that was coming out and advised them that we'd be reaching out and conducting some meetings with them just to go into more details and what their roles were going to be in the process. So we created a PowerPoint presentation, met with them, had the general discussion about what sort of information we're looking for, why we had to do this, and obviously the timeline that we had to complete this project. As for the actual scoping process, we, our main focus was on completion. So we took our tangible capital asset listing, which does balance to our financial statements, and basically brought that out into different buckets, so to speak, asset buckets. And then took those to the department managers who were responsible for those specific assets, for example, buildings and facilities or linear infrastructure such as sewer, pipes, and basically had discussions with the department managers um, just to see if there was any other documentation that they had, like listings that they had of maybe assets that weren't on the tangible capital asset listing, and just kind of ensure that we had everything, all the assets the city that we're going to need to look at for ARO purposes and to see what was exactly in scope.
0: That's a, such a good process. I, I think it's so key to engage all the stakeholders and, and key teams early on, because this is so much more than a finance project, and they have such a key role to play in terms of implementation and the scoping and the measurement of those assets. And, and I like the fact that you involve them in starting with the asset listings and looking at what was there, because that, that'll no doubt give some audit comfort that you have a complete listing there that you worked uh, off of. So I'm sure there'll be some happy auditors out there somewhere.
1: I hope so. <laughs> With- <laughs> I hope we get a big gold star for this.
0: <laughs> no, no, they're preparing it right now. When you look at the major asset types, you, you mentioned asset listings. I know you and I had a lot of really interesting conversations on various types of assets from moats to cemeteries, were there any surprises? And what, what, what were your major, what, or are least I should say so far, what have been your, your major areas of focus?
1: Yes. One of our main focuses is, will be on buildings, as I'm sure it is with most municipalities, just due to potential asbestos content of those buildings. Um, another one is assets that are on lease property. So, for example, our water treatment facility is on Crown land or BC Hydro's land and within that lease agreement it specifies that we need to remove buildings and infrastructure and restore the land to how or as close as we can possibly store the land to its original state. Um, Some surprises that we had was municipality cemeteries like what happens when you no longer want to continue maintaining the cemetery. That was kind of interesting and as well as asbestos pipes. So the one thing that we came or found out about that is that is that most pipes are filled with sort of like a cement-like substance or capped off and basically just left in the ground. And there's actually no legislative requirement to remove those asbestos pipes. It's just basically a best practice procedure, so to speak, to fill them in.
0: It, it's so interesting. And I, I think there's a couple aspects there that people always get tripped up on with the scoping of— both, is there truly a legal obligation? And as you said, with those asbestos-filled pipes, there really isn't any any clear requirement to dig those up. And and also, it rarely costs you anything. There's no sacrifice of economic benefit to go into and, uh, and 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 to do that. And the land lease is super interesting because it, I think, a lot of public entities aren't delving as deep into the leases perhaps as, as they should. And it's a great example, I think, of where it can be a really impactful obligation when you've got infrastructure on leased land. Right. Looking at measurement, and I, I, I know this is still a, a year away, so you've got a lot of time still in the implementation project. We're not expecting you to have that gold star yet have you determined a measure approach for any of these assets or is that still very much in the works?
1: That's still very much in the works. So, there's going to be some, I think it's going to be a mixture of uh, a bunch of different approaches. So, for example, one approach we're looking at with the buildings with asbestos is hiring a consultant to come in and actually take sampling just to ensure that we've identified all the buildings with asbestos. But in that same process, that consultant would be able to give us an approximate cost on what it would take to for remediation of all that asbestos. So there's one aspect of it. We will probably be engaging a marine engineer with regards to our foreshore structures. So for example, our piers, our boat launches, viewing decks, and just getting a cost estimate on those ones. But for other assets, like for example, the capping and filling of wells, or um, maybe even just Restoration of land for uh, buildings that are on these property, we maybe just be able to get our, our Capital Works Department to to give us a proper cost estimate on that.
0: I think that's a great place to start. And I think starting with your internal knowledge and sources of information is always the best. And then looking to supplement where you need it as you're as you're doing in the cases of of going to the marine engineer and the environmental engineer to get additional information, which which I'm sure will have a lot of other benefits for the city of Campbell River beyond just this standard, but for your broader Mm -hmm. asset management practices and uh, all the other exciting initiatives you have on the go. Exactly. So I'm curious on transition method. And you do have three options in terms of full retroactive, uh, modified retroactive, and prospective method. Has that been decided on or are you taking a, a, a wait-and-see approach depending on how the scoping and measurement works out?
1: I believe we've already decided that we're taking the modified retroactive approach. This just allows us to use current facts and assumptions on our calculations so that we're not having to go back and look for historical information. And as well, it's just sort of it's a bit of an easier, I don't say easier, but yeah, I will. I'll say easier
0: transition. Sure, we'll go with easier.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there's a, a the practical benefit also of flowing more of the impact through your opening accumulated surplus, having less of that amortization expense hit for for future years, which no doubt has budgetary benefits uh, as as well. Exactly. So one other question that I'm I'm really curious on, I know we've talked a lot about uh, beyond AROs, but natural assets initiatives as well. And I'm wondering how Campbell River is, is advancing on some of those initiatives around inventorying your natural assets and how you see that dovetailing with the ARO project, if at all.
1: Well, we definitely have uh, a lot of interest in the natural asset department. Um, as for sort of dovetailing the two projects, I think we'll probably look at how we approach the ARO project and just defining or identifying what the asset retirement obligations were. Whereas we also have to look that from a natural asset and say, like, okay, well, how do we want to define those natural assets, especially when there isn't any sort of um, standard definition out there right now? And then look at then narrowing down and saying, okay, well, what's in scope of those natural assets? And sort of structuring it more off of the ARO project so that we're not looking at natural asset inventory as saying, like, okay, like here's a bunch of trees, like let's just put all those in inventory.
0: I think that's a really interesting opportunity to build off of what you're doing from an ARO perspective and Look ahead to what is likely coming in terms of the natural assets disclosures, uh, still very much in formation from a PSAB side and, and an IPSAS side, but lots in the works there. And I think having that data and starting to build the credibility of that data and and, and, and all your processes around it will position you so well. So, Campbell River can really be amongst the leaders in uh, not only AROs, but in natural assets disclosures as that builds out.
1: Right, yeah, and I think it's just important as well, though, just to find out or to determine what exactly we want that information for. Like, how does it serve the public in the best way possible? Um, I think that's another thing that we have to take a closer look at as well.
0: So well said. So, if you could give one word of advice, to local governments that are working on their ARO projects or, or other public or entities on their ARO projects, if you had one word of advice, what would that be?
1: I think one of the biggest things I really struggled with this project was just how do you take that first step? Like, what did that look like? Where do I go from here? And um, the guidance that you provided has just been surmountable. And I'm just so appreciative of that. Another thing too, is just try and get a hold of other municipalities the GFOABC that we have here in British Columbia has just been absolutely phenomenal in uh, connecting everyone together. There hasn't been a lot of back and forth discussion, but hopefully at the start of maybe January, uh, a lot of people might start getting of kink and uh, the flow of information coming through, which would be fantastic. But definitely just just take that first step. Just start talking about it with other departments. Just start getting that ball rolling
0: First mm-hmm. piece of advice. You've got to start somewhere, and and I think it's Angel's saying of, of well, how do how do you run a marathon? And and well, you start by wa- walking around the block, and and I think this is very much the same. You you just have to start with one foot before the other, and start by having some of those conversations. And if you haven't advanced on the scoping, then again, just talking to those facilities people and and others, and getting the ball rolling. And and I think that's. Such an important point, and then building your building your processes and data as, as you've been doing in Campbell River, I think that's a great a great role model for everyone to follow to really strengthen up their processes, and they'll be in far better shape come audit time in twenty twenty three. Yep, absolutely. Hmm. Vanessa, we really appreciate your your time today. This has been very very informative, and no doubt we will be uh, chatting again uh, soon.
1: I look forward to it. Thanks again, Bailey.
0: Thanks, Nessa. Bye. Bye.